Hello, this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with Nicholas Webb. Nick is the CEO of a management consulting company called Leader Logic LLC. He is also a best-selling author and professional speaker and has more than 40 patents for various technologies, including innovations in healthcare, consumer, and industrial products. His 2021 documentary, The Healthcare Cure, won the Sedona International Film Festival's Audience Choice Award. Who better to ask about the future of medical packaging, right? I had an opportunity to do just that the afternoon before Nick's keynote at the new medical packaging conference called The Packout, which took place in Austin, Texas, mid-May 2022. So Nick, if it was in your power, what one thing would you fix in our healthcare system and why, and then how? I think that we have, and I've had the opportunity to work as an adjunct professor and as a chief innovation officer in medical school, and I've seen it from higher education, I've seen it from its practical application in my consulting practice working with drug companies, device companies, health systems, is that we really have a sickness-centric view of the universe. And if there is one thing that we could change, I think we need to start educating health doctors, HDs, instead of MDs. Because if we could begin with the premise that uh, that health, because think about it, 80% of healthcare costs are self-inflicted chronic disease for the most part. And we talk about making access available to underserved communities and to people, but we really don't have the discussion around how do we make health available to people? And everything in society is really uh, kind of skewed against health and, and sort of, you know, you, you, could, you could say there's a great book written by a, a guy years ago uh, called The Next Trillion that really talked about, you know, the impact of the food industry and the device industry. Don't get me wrong. I, I've lived in healthcare my whole life. I've been the financial beneficiary of this dysfunctional system. But if I were to say that, if I were to say from the humanity perspective, from the ability to care for human beings and to impact their lives, there is no better way to do that than us having that single move, a shift from a, from sickness centrism to, to health and wellness. I absolutely love that, and I think you're on to something wonderful for a lot of reasons. I know that like uh, 20, 30 years ago, when the health and wellness craze started, it all seemed to be centered around selling different products. 100%. That's a very good point. Not solving any problem. 100%. Right. Yeah. So it just created another wealth center of people selling other types of purple pills, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no. The problem is it's hard to find those um, financial and economic models around prevention and wellness. You know, it's hard for people to create industries around getting people to their hemostatic state of wellness, which is where we come into this world for the most part. And if we want to have the money for chronic disease and for uh, genetic disease and injury, if we want to have money for those processes that weren't self-inflicted, we have to be able to 
start to have the uh, the ability. You know, like give me an example where I live. I have a I have a wellness practitioner. They're super expensive, and I've been blessed in my life to be able to afford going to a wellness practitioner. Um, you know, I'm 60. I'll be 64 in a few months, and you know, I, well, you look fantastic. Yeah, thanks. I mean, and, and it's from eating well and ex- and and practicing that. And I, why are we demanding that from people that live in inner cities and people that live in rural communities and uh, and people in general? We demand more interventions. We don't tend to demand more prevention and wellness. I, I, if the if there was one thing we could do, that strategic inflection point of that that big shift, as I talk about it. Um, it would be that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Is there a future, do you think, where maybe we're not going to need sterile packaging, where the products might be sterilized right there at the point of use? Uh, I'll talk about this in my keynote tomorrow. I think that, um, you know, so what is the ultimate form of sustainability? No package. In fact, early in my career, I developed a... As, as long as the product is still protected and the product is still usable. Right. From, it has you know, to be. Right. The yep. problem is you have to create some sterile barrier, right, in mm-hmm. order to, to provide it that way. I, I think that um, the future of medical packaging has a lot more to do with several other things. One is it's going to be about connectivity. So, for an example, I think we will see just prior to deployment or prior to use PTU um, technologies that verify that the this this device is actually sterile just before it gets used, not through burst test and peel testing or some other form of statistical testing. It'll be validated because it'll be a connected package. So, I mean, I think we're going to packages are going to look different. We we see things like semi disposable, this this new vernacular. So, you know, something comes sterile one time, and then after that, it's made out of polysulfum or some other kind of uh, uh, of uh, autoclavable stable material or gamma stable material. So, I think we'll see these kinds of hybrids short term. I don't think it'll ever go away ca- uh, completely, but I will say that there are two things that sterile packaging will have to have in the future. It'll have to be layered value, and it'll have to be dynamic value. And by that, a good example would be a cell phone, I mean, an iPhone. You know, the iPhone, um, I think, is a phone. I probably used it twice as a telephone in my <laughs> life, right? But what I like about it, it's a connected node to all knowledge in the universe, right? And and so it has layered value. It's my GPS. It's my everything, right? It's, everything. And, yeah. And look at the, the technologies that destroy. People don't really destroyed radar detectors for people not to get tickets by using Waze, right? By socializing and gamifying a, a group of drivers to be able to, to compete against in, uh, finding police so you don't get a ticket, right? Uh, it's 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 replaced everything, um, and then and that's what we have to do with with packaging. It has to be more than just a way that you get a sterile product to a user. It has to be integrated, uh, and have to, some integrated value in most cases. I think you'll see a lot more of those kinds of technologies where the the sterile tray itself is part of the integrated solution. I also think it has to be uh, dynamic, meaning that we're going to create connected packaging that has value. Uh, that enjoys all of the benefits of connection architecture. Like again, my iPhone has dynamic value because tomorrow morning when I wake up, it'll be more valuable to me because of a group of connection engineers and app developers have created something to make my iPhone more valuable. So I I see uh, it, uh, like we're developing in our lab, we're turning uh, rigid packaging into printed circuit boards. 
So when you get the package, there is actually circuits in there that cost virtually nothing to make when you draw, when you form a, a rigid package that will allow you to determine when medicines are deployed. It'll allow you to determine if there's breaches in, in, uh, in seal areas. It'll allow you to do all kinds of interesting things, including real-time packaging uh, traceability, which I think is gonna, that's another area that'll be real exciting is being able to have real-time management through central purchasing supply and supply, supply chain management to know really right now where that thing is, right? And that I, I these could be to the point where they cost pennies to add uh, connectivity to these packages and to print them as essentially circuit boards. And we're okay. doing that in our lab. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with printed electronics, so that's kind of interesting that this would find its way into the medical field for packaging. Yeah. Um, that's uh, quite interesting. I know on the retail side of things, uh, RFID has been used for track and trace and inventory management and other things. Is that where you're going? Or does I, the technology the, not really matter? Yeah, it's I don't think the, the connectivity matters. There's a there's a lot. We're look we've looked at RFID technology. It has a lot of inherent problems. I mean as we get you know with 5G and with some of the other capabilities to create connection themes and correct connections uh, architecture, it's amazing what you can do. So I don't know that the connection modality is the most important thing. Okay. The point from that we're making is is that um, and I can send you pictures of what we're, what we're working on it it's super small almost invisible but the device is now connected and we know when that package is open we know where it lives um, we it's essentially like a tile mm -hmm. right and but more importantly we can even and are looking at looking at ways to determine just before for an example a critical implantable technology that has to be 100% sterile. We can validate at point of use, okay. uh, theoretically, right? And if, if that is the case, I think that's the kind of thing that's a game changer. Well, it's interesting because from the example that you just mentioned, this is obviously a um, you know hospital care situation. But um, you've also talked a lot about the empowered patient, and I'm just wondering if part of the empowerment um, actually lies in self-care yeah. and we are seeing a lot more of that is um, the technology that you're talking about or just the idea that you're talking about for this connectedness just as important for the self-care situation I, I, I think so and and you know certainly uh, there is a move towards the decentralization of care which will continue to march on when we filmed our documentary film the, a few weeks prior. Was that the healthcare cure? The healthcare cure, cure yeah. Mm -hmm. When we filmed that, that film, we interviewed the folks at Scripps Hospital in San Diego, and we said, you know, how many telemedicine consults did you do, you know, last week? And they said, eight. And I'm like, eight? At the, from the whole hospital? Right. Huge wow. system. And how many did you do after COVID? 3,500 a day. Wow. Right? So, uh, and guess what? The patients loved it because the the dialogue was monocular it wasn't there was no peripheral noise of the practice there was no nurse coming in grabbing the doctor out of the room the doctor could also benefit ethnography by taking a look behind the patient kind of seeing how they live uh, they can look at their facial expressions and of course we're now going to embed ai into telemedicine consults where we can look at what we call facial AI. I've recently filed some patents on head movement AI, which could potentially look at uh, neuropathology based on head movement. Um, and also they can look at things like voice AI, uh, inflection, clarity of speech, modulation, volume, 
These things tell the caregiver a lot about the mental state or their, even their ability, how much sleep they've gotten, lucidity. Uh, so the, the richness is really incredible. I think packaging-wise, um, what these caregivers are going to need is signals of usage. So they open up a package, that pack, package is communicating to their local connected device, the, the local server to let them know what they're taking, when they took it, to verify compliance. We're gonna be able to address polypharmacy issues. And we've done this before, and there are already other technologies that do it. I think the hyper-connectivity of medical packaging is a big part of the future of, of the packaging. Okay, yeah. excellent. It's uh, exciting to think about where we're gonna be going, because I know at the uh, device level, level, at the product level, they've embraced technology 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. And I understand that it's a, a regulated industry, um, you know, both the product level as well as the packaging level. It just seems like the innovation on the product level is a little bit more outpacing on, it, the, it, on the packaging side. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, pro the problem is, uh, you know, rigid and flexible packaging works. Um, but that puts the packaging industry in a very dangerous, opportunistic environment for chaotic disruption. And, you know, if you take a look at the definition of, uh, of the, here's how we transition through innovation. We started in what we call symmetrical innovation. And that's where the packaging industry started 100 years ago, symmetrical innovation, which means a slow and small innovations because if you look at a rigid package and a lid stock and a seal flange uh, you, you know not a lot of difference there you take a look at a peel pouch i mean i've been in healthcare for four decades i've never seen any really demonstrative changes to that right well i think the chevron was a big deal when yeah, the it came chevron out was a big deal there you go right <laughs> yeah yeah and and so um but then what's next well we've been talking the last 10 years about this second phase of innovation called disruptive innovation and disruptive innovation is the size and the speed and the size of innovation. In almost every industry, we've gone from symmetrical innovation to disruptive innovation, meaning that, that, that the innovations are moving quickly and the, the nature, the size of change is big. Well, now in healthcare, we're moving into chaotic innovation and chaotic innovation has two interesting molecules. One is it is asymmetrical, meaning that it just comes from nowhere. All of a sudden, you've got uh, you know app developers destroying optometry, they're destroying orthodontics, they're destroying audiology. Complete segments within healthcare have been displaced through connection architecture and the digitization of health. So I think that um, so where do so think about that trajectory? Those three big waves. Where is a where is medical packaging? They are still way back in symmetrical innovation. Yes, they are. Very I can so. Yeah, and in preparing for this talk, I was struggling to find some examples of even disruptive innovation. Well, one of the things that I've been hearing from um, other people is that they think that medical packaging needs to learn a lot more from the retail area. Yeah, for sure. Um, not just over-the-counter drugs and, and medical products that way, but just any retail product yeah. that's for sale that's been identified as innovative and try to learn, you know, what's the lesson there. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I, I really want to get your take on this, because um, I'm of two minds on it. So on the retail side, it's always been helpful, if not imperative, for the packaging to be as intuitive to use as possible. Right. Because 
in addition to protecting the product from point of manufacture to point of use, it also is uh, a lot of times providing another function, whether it's dispensing or you know whatnot. Yeah. And in those instances, it's extremely helpful for it to be intuitive. You you know know that you unscrew the closure before you drink out of your your coke bottle right um that we know is intuitive because we've been doing it for so long but i wonder if maybe there's a little bit of a risk for medical packaging to be deliberately intuitive and perhaps does that replace the instructions or is it intuitive on top of the instructions because if it's intuitive and somebody misunderstands there's a point that they could misuse it, correct? Yeah. But how do you feel about intuitive packaging for medical? Well, I think it's important, right? I okay. mean, the thing that's interesting, I mean, it's, me, it's amazing to me. Like, you and I could sit down and we could reinvent the aspirin bottle pretty easily, right? What do we oh, know man, about Oh, man, you're putting a right? lot of faith in me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. You need to put on readers, even if you have good vision. Yes. And you don't, you're not presbyokia. You can't, you know, so somebody, the, the overwhelming majority of people that are using pain medicines, especially, you know, uh, uh, anti-inflammatory, over-the-counter anti-inflammatories, um, they're old. And yes. they also have presbyopia. They're, they have visual compromise. I did, a, I did a workshop the other day. I held up a bottle, the biggest bottle I could find, a box of one of the top pain relievers. And I took pictures of it. And I put it on the screen, blown up. I said, tell me how many of these you're supposed to take. We couldn't find. I mean, there nobody, uh, for 15 minutes, we're trying to find, just tell me how many of these I'm supposed to take. Please. Do that challenge sometime. Pick up something on them and figure, see how long it takes you to find out the medicine. So the, the problem is, is that we have to strip complexity away in, in instructions. And that's where, you know, we used to talk about the dummy down in, in packaging and, and product design. We really do need to dummy down. A really beautiful example of that is Lemonade Insurance. Now, it is a website, and it's not a package, but it's a good example of what you can do that's, do? that's beautiful. So you go to their website, and there's that you're, you're almost struck by the lack of there there. There's, there's a, a, a phone, a, a line drawing of a phone. There's almost no text, and it says, get insurance in 90 seconds, file a claim in 60 seconds. I mean, what? Yeah. So the one thing I think that most people don't realize is that we deliver experiences across, as you know from from, uh, What Customers Create, we deliver experiences across five well-defined touch points. And I, I think what we have to do is look at the complexity and the friction and the intuitiveness across these various moments of usage. And that's where we should be designing products around moments of usage. And that's where ease of use comes. It should be intuitive. I mean, instructions are great, but I mean, I mean, I spent a lot of time in my early career selling interocular lenses and and watching things going. What from, are those for for cataracts? Oh, okay. Yeah, and we've we had the you know the first foldable interocular lens for small incision surgery, and you see medical packages going from non-sterile to sterile environments into the sterile field. And you and those are those are moments, and you could identify nine different moments just from the time that a package is is sent to a surgery center or to a hospital to the time that it, that it, that it goes there. So the the cool kids, the ones that are going to nail packaging, 
they're going to invent across they're going to identify those moments they're going to invent across those moments they're going to make it intuitive and when necessary an additive they're going to add instructions they're going to focus okay. on the instructions but as you know from human factors design the 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 less the more we can strip away the the more simple and elegant and beautiful it is and you know we want to we want to tell stories with packages the best designers are telling stories uh, the worst designers are phoning it in and they're transacting the design of a package, which represents a lot of, of uh, medical and healthcare packaging. Well, I know all the regulations don't make it easy to be innovative in medical packaging, but I think that we're on the cusp of a beautiful relationship with the um, innovators and the folks on the uh, on the uh, you know on the packaging line, yeah. making making this all happen. I feel like the um, the regulatory compliance is though sometimes used as the wild card for why we don't tend to invent here at XYZ Packaging. Like right? a crutch, you mean? I think it's an excuse. Well, okay. I'd do it if it wasn't for the you know for the fact that we had to comply. The truth of the matter is. There, uh, of course, you have to comply. That's your entry pass into medical packaging. Yes, yeah, so what? Big deal. I mean, you know that. It's just sort of like people that talk about uh, uh, so many other things in healthcare. Like today, the delivery of care. You know, you have to be a doctor to deliver care. That's just the beginning. You're in the experiential innovation business when you're a caregiver. So if you're designing medical packages, your room for innovation is why. Your bigger problem is a cultural lack of appetite for risk taking. And the risk, nobody dies. You're not going to risk uh, safety te- safety testing, and you're not going to risk regulatory compliance. But there is so much room to innovate, and we've got to kind of maybe take that excuse away from a lot of people, because nothing's going to go out the door that isn't compliant and that isn't been safety checked. Let, let's create a cultures within our organizations that allow people to take smart risks. Okay, I like that. I like where we're going. Um, but let's look at maybe other risks. In the healthcare industry, we measure risk by life, yeah. <laughs> life or death, because right. seriously, it usually is a life and death situation. But um, there's another risk that I think the companies that is a little bit more of what. Um, limits innovation at um, in, in the packaging department at these companies and that is financial mm-hmm. that doesn't innovation usually take more time take more money take more investment if you if you subscribe to the to the idea that medical packaging doesn't get to live in a vacuum outside the trajectory of innovation change then the biggest risk is not being relevant and getting blindsided so, you know, that's always the case, right? If, if the, the, in my view, we are in an opportunistic environment where chaotic, I mean, just in my little lab, you know, we filed a half a dozen patents of technologies that, that have the potential to be very disruptive and maybe even chaotic. And so I think, and, and think about what's going on in healthcare in general. You know, you have Amazon destroying CVS pharmacies and pharmacies, they, they, they are the new pharmacies. They were disrupted by a tech company. So what is CVS and other great retail pharmacies doing? Now they're, and, and Walmart, they're now the primary care doctors in their towns uh, through their clinics, right? So disruption is coming from all different places. I think in healthcare packaging and medical packaging, we're gonna see disruption coming from places outside of the industry that are willing to do some crazy stuff. 
Okay, well, I look forward to seeing a lot of that crazy stuff because it always makes uh, good copy. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, selfishly, I'm looking forward to this very much. Thank you. Nick, thank you so very much. My pleasure. Thank you. That was fun.